No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Nathan the prophet tells David a parable that convicts him of his sin. It's a lesson in the terrible consequences of sin. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 12, on Simply the Bible. David was at the pinnacle of success. God had blessed him on every side and prospered his kingdom. But times of prosperity can be the most dangerous times of all. While his army went out for war, David stayed home and committed adultery with his neighbor's wife. When she became pregnant, he tried to cover it up by having her husband put to death on the battlefield. David may have thought that he had gotten away with it, but in the end, nobody gets by with nothing, especially not God's children. We continue in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David. And he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man, who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Now, I wonder if David, when Nathan began to share this story, wondered where this was going. (laughs) From the time David sinned with Bathsheba until the time that God sent Nathan, it had been about one year. God had given David time to repent. This is always God's way with his children. He would give us time and opportunity for us to come to him on his own before sending someone to confront us. Who did God send to go to David? Not an enemy, but a friend. Nathan loved David and had compassion for him. If we think we are going to correct someone, but we don't have loving compassion for that person, then God probably won't send us. God won't send us to remove the speck out of our brother's eye if we have a log in our own eye. Now, Nathan had to be careful because if David didn't like what he said, David had the power to put him to death. So Nathan told David this story designed to engage the heart of the shepherd of Israel. It was about two men who owned sheep. The rich man had a very large flock, but the poor man had only one ewe lamb that he cherished like a daughter. And when the rich man had a visiting traveler, rather than killing one of his own flock, he killed the single ewe lamb of his poor neighbor and prepared it for his guest. Now David, who as a boy had cared for his father's flock, would immediately identify with the poor man who loved his ewe lamb. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. 
and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. David was furious that this rich man could be so heartless and do such a cruel thing. Now, David went overboard. While it would be just for the rich man to restore fourfold the lamb since he stole it, his action did not deserve the death penalty. David didn't realize it yet, but he had done the same thing. He was the rich man in the parable. And the traveling visitor was David's own sexual desire. Rather than satisfying it lawfully with one of his many wives, David took another man's only wife. David was furious as he judged another man for committing the same sin he committed. But he didn't see the correlation, at least not yet. You know, our sins always look worse when somebody else is wearing them. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah, and if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. This was where Nathan set the hook. In passing a guilty verdict on another man, David indicted himself. As Nathan lays the charge against David, what strikes me is how we see God's broken heart. David was a man who sought after God's heart, and God blessed David with so much. He anointed David king. He delivered him from Saul and gave him Saul's house and wives and established him king over Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, God would have given him much more. This reveals how generous God is toward those who love him. When David committed the twin sins of adultery and murder, he despised the commandment of the Lord, which is tantamount to despising the Lord himself. Verse 10, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son, for you did it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel, before the son. David had troubled the house of God and the house of Uriah. And now trouble would never leave his own house. David had stolen the wife of Uriah. Our culture may whitewash it and call it an affair, but it is thievery in God's eyes. God would raise up an adversary from David's own house who would take his wives and sleep with them in broad daylight before all Israel. The adversary would be David's own son, Absalom. David did this secretly and tried to hide it, but God would do it openly before all Israel. Now, under the law, David deserved to die on two counts. 
one for adultery and one for murder. God wouldn't give David capital punishment, but David would suffer greatly. Let me tell you that if God is determined to bring the rod of punishment against you for your sins, you are best off to bend over and take your licks, knowing that you deserve far greater punishment than you're receiving. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. This was David's aha moment. His eyes were open. He agreed with God. He admitted that he was wrong and that God was right. That six-word confession seems like a little thing, but it took David one year to come to it. And it came from a truly repentant heart. Now, some people sob as they tell you how sorry they are for what they've done. But then they go and do the same thing again and again. David's confession was simple, but he would never sin this way again. When we have fallen into sin, we must also have this aha moment where our eyes are opened and we feel the weight and sorrow of what we've done. We feel how it has hurt God. That is the point of a new beginning. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house. God was being merciful to David. He would not die. God forgave David's sin. But David had given cause to the enemies of God to blaspheme him. Therefore, the son born from this illicit relationship would die. This was but the first consequence that David would experience. There would be many more in the future. Forgiveness and consequences are two very different things. I may commit a crime and ask God to forgive me. God will forgive me but I may still have to do the time. There is a spiritual principle at work here. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. This is the law of sowing and reaping. And like the law of gravity, no one can defy it for very long. Now, after Nathan left the palace, David sat down and composed Psalm 51. I'd like to read it now. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice." Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. 
And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Psalm 51 is a beautiful psalm that relates so well to sinners like us. For we must all come to say with David, Create in me a clean heart, O God. We can say that knowing that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But how much better would it have been if David had resisted the temptation to begin with? When we are tempted to sin, if only we would see it in the same light that we will see it when it is exposed. The sins people most treasure today will be the relentless scourge against them tomorrow. And how will these sins appear on the day of judgment? When temptation comes, may God help us view it as we will view it when we give an account before God. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil and the beginning of wisdom. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where David's son, born to Bathsheba, becomes deathly ill and David fasts and weeps, hoping to save their child. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.